0: Welcome to Astro Babble, where we babble about astrology. I'm Donna from Donna B Astrology.
1: And I'm Linda from Scullywag Astrology.
0: And today we are going to be talking about the new moon in Aries. Mm
1: -hmm. And this new moon is also a solar eclipse. It's a hybrid solar eclipse. When the nodes are close enough to a full moon or a new moon, we have a solar or a lunar eclipse. And they always travel in pairs. So you always get a solar eclipse and then a lunar eclipse or a lunar eclipse and then a solar eclipse, uh, usually within about two weeks of each other.
0: So shall we have a look at the chart? Cool. And while you're bringing that up, I can talk about the mansion. It's the third mansion. It's called The Many Little Ones is the (laughs) name of it. It has the... um, The flavor of the moon and Mars, and it's good for wealth. It's good for career, art, and beauty. It's also good for incarcerating captives, as well as hunting. So it's got that, that Marsy. that's where that Marsy flavor comes. And it's also good for men and women's relationships. Nice. It is, there is a strong warning to not overindulge. (laughs) <laughs> a strong warning with this to don't overindulge. So
1: what are the two planets that it's the flavor of? The moon and Mars. Oh, moon and Mars. I think it may be Jupiter and Mars with the
0: warning not to overindulge. No, it's the moon and Mars. Oh, very good. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice, it's a nice, it's also good for water travel, oh,
1: which is nice. nice. Hmm.
0: So it's, you know, free activities other than, don't over oh don't overdo
1: (laughs) yeah easy said if you're not an Aries and with eclipses and I'm going to put a link to a video we did about uh, solar eclipses in the description because we went into quite a bit of detail about solar eclipses so if you're interested in that you'll be able to click on that and follow it but eclipses come in series and uh, this one is part of Saros series seven north they happen about every 18 years and about 10 or 11 days so the years for this eclipse previous eclipses include 1915 1933 1951 1969 1987 2005 2023 which of course is this one And 2041 is the next one that will be upcoming. And the description from Bernadette Brady's Predictive Astrology, which goes into a lot of detail about eclipses, amongst other things, she says, this is a very sensual family of eclipses, ranging from sudden sexual passions and lust to birth and procreative drives. This series is not subtle and can catch people off guard and confront them with their own very deep passion which may have been hidden for many years. So pretty exciting.
0: I think a really cool
1: eclipse. Mm. When you
0: said 69 and here's the moon mansion, don't overindulge. I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder if if any of that was going on in 69. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What was that? The summer of free love? Woodstock. Yeah. I mean, it was. Oh yeah. Woodstock too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so particularly if you've got planets around about the end degree of cardinal signs, so that's Aries, Libra, Cancer, and Capricorn, or the early degrees of the fixed signs, so Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, or Aquarius, they're kind of close enough to be impacted by this eclipse. You may feel this more significantly than others. So early, you're talking like three degrees maybe? Yeah, yeah, I'd say about three degrees. I wouldn't want to go much further oh. than that. Yeah, three degrees. Oh, I mean, the closer site. it is, the more significant it's going to be. And, of course, if you've got planets at 29 degrees of Aries, you know, that's going to be smack bang on it. If it's, you know, late degrees of of Libra or very early degrees of Scorpio, yes, that's the opposition. So you'll feel that the squares with... um cancer leo or capricorn aquarius they might also feel it too i've seen sextiles and trines kind of you know bring in significant people or events but it tends to be the big kind of quite often dramatic things that we notice when we look back but if you go back to 2005 there may be some hints of what was happening around about that time that might be uh I'll give you a good indication of what you can expect. But, I mean, back in 2005, they would have been, I think, very early degrees of Taurus. So you've got that sign switch because the eclipses are going backwards through the zodiac. We've currently been having uh, Taurus-Scorpio eclipses, and this is the first of the Aries-Libra eclipses. The lunar eclipse we have in two weeks time on the 5th of May is going to be the last Scorpio eclipse for a while. And then we will have the last Taurus eclipse in October. But we have the first Libra eclipse on uh, October as well. So yeah, they're just kind of moving out of,
0: you know, one set of signs
1: and moving into the next set.
0: Wonderful. And you are going to drop that link that we did on the eclipses in the in the description. So if anybody needs to get a recap on that, be sure to watch and share. I'm sure other people might be interested as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think if the
1: solar eclipses we did the assassinations of the U.S. presidents or whether we did uh, significant events for the U.S. with the lunar eclipses. Let me double check. Yeah, for the solar eclipses, we looked at the assassination of US presidents. So that was quite interesting. Solar eclipses, eclipses in general, can kind of shake up things a little bit. They're an unusual event. So they do tend to bring in unexpected things. They kind of can set you on another path sometimes. Solar eclipses can tend to yeah, sometimes usher in new people, new events, because the solar eclipse is a new moon. So it's about new beginnings, whereas lunar eclipses might sometimes eclipse somebody or something out of your life. Yeah. And actually it's interesting. We're talking about uh you said for the moon mansion that trying to be careful not to overindulge. And I see we've got Jupiter very close to this solar eclipse. Oh. So yeah.
0: So <laughs> a, a double, a double instigation to to overindulge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jupiter does like to expand and uh, yeah, have a good time. So yeah, there could be a lot of enthusiasm, uh, optimism, just very revved up about these new beginnings, these new events. Sometimes things can uh, come to light under an eclipse, you know, something that's been hidden is suddenly revealed. Mars is making a square to the eclipse degree, not by degree, but by sign. Uh, Saturn is in an aversion to it though so it can't kind of harm this eclipse so that's some good news it's uh the sign looking at that
0: pluto um i'm looking at that pluto squaring that um out of sign but it's still Mm. squaring the eclipse so transformational it seems like uh is the energy that's going to be happening because a square causes action
1: yeah yeah that's interesting
0: because we were
1: saying about those with planets at the very early degrees of um the fixed signs so your scorpio taurus leo and aquarius they're already been dealing with the transformational energies of pluto entering aquarius And uh, now we've got this eclipse very close to um, that degree. Well, not that exact degree, but squaring where Pluto was. It is 29 degrees Aries 50, but it's only like 10 minutes out from being zero degrees Taurus. So, yes, could be for an interesting time, but the book says it should be quite interesting.
0: It should be fun for sure. I hope so. That would be nice. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can. We can try hope. to be positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to be positive, and we all have free choice. Mm-hmm. So when I say causing, it it just and and that doesn't really mean it causes like you know a to you know b, but it just means that there's tension, and in order to break free from that tension, you have to do something to free yourself from that tension, and that's why it's causes that's why i say it causes to it causes change because you're you're wanting to change with that tension yeah yeah
1: it's
0: almost like you know you you've been made uncomfortable you're sitting in a chair
1: and it's all lovely but now it's kind of you know your bum's sore and you got to get up and move around and do something I'm legs falling asleep <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> or you sat on something
0: uncomfortable <laughs> Yeah. So Amen. they're well, good. It it's what moves us forward in, you know, our 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 mission, you know, when we were born, we have this path that we are kind of set out to 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 undertake and those squares and conjunctions and oppositions kind of get you moving.
1: I certainly do. And should we have a look at the
0: First oh, yes. I think sounds like a great idea. There we go. So if you are an Aries, this is going to be happening in your first house. And the first house is a lot to do with with yourself. And also the, the new moons have, have a lot to do with the new beginnings that you might undertake. So if you are trying to get a new wardrobe or a new way of doing things, this would be the time to do that because it starts with the new beginnings. That's why uh the new moon happens. so you can you have that phase of starting new things and then when it gets to a full moon, you're you're reaping the rewards and then back to a, a new moon. So this is the time to be growing things. And if you are an Aries rising, this is the time where you're working on yourself to do the new things that you might use to grow yourself, whether it's a new, class or a new hairstyle a new wardrobe whatever is new to you and what you're working on this is a good time to get that aspect working for you with these eclipses that are starting
1: this is going to be the start of a couple of years 18 months two years of eclipses happening over your first and seventh house so topics to do with you yourself all about you your health and vitality and how you are with partners, whether that's romantic business, good friends, etc, are going to be significant over the next couple of years. And if you are a Pisces ascendant, this new moon solar eclipse is happening in your second house. The second house is all to do with our personal finances, our income, and our resources. So with this eclipse, there may be Things coming to light, new beginnings, new starts to do with those topics. Maybe somebody comes into your life that is able to help you with increasing income in some way or is a particularly good resource in some fashion. That's more likely to happen in a sudden unexpected manner if You do have planets at 29, well, late degrees of the cardinal signs or very early degrees of the fixed signs. If you don't, this may be more like a new moon for you. Yeah, so regardless, you can expect new beginnings, planting seeds to do with income, finances and resources. And these eclipses are going to be happening over your second and eighth house So over the next 18 months, two years, you're going to be more focused generally on your income, your finances, your possessions versus other people's or shared finances and resources.
0: Definitely to watch out for. So if you're an Aquarius rising, this is going to be happening in your third house. And this is the house of Early education, as well as um, siblings and cousins, your extended family, you know that you cousins, aunts, uncles, that type that type of thing. And as Linda was saying earlier, so as Linda was saying earlier, this is going to be over the axis of the third house and the ninth house. So because it's an eclipse, that's why it's going to last for. A couple of years is because these eclipses are over those, those accesses. Yeah. And so you might be starting out new things with uh, either education or new uh, siblings could, could be coming into the picture. So yeah, it's a good time to start something new with the family.
1: And if you are a Capricorn ascendant, this new moon solar eclipse is happening in your fourth house. The fourth house is our home, our parents, it's our heritage, it's also our living conditions and real estate matters. So there may be sudden significant events to do with these topics that come to light. It could be something that you learn, um, maybe a deep dark secret from the family, Uh, a skeleton from the family closet falls out, or it could be you discover, you know, family member that you didn't know existed, Or it could just be something to do with new beginnings, new starts, to do with a new place to live, a new flatmate moves in. It could be something that's not even significantly happening to you, but to your parents. Maybe your parents discover, oh, here's this sibling that I never knew existed. Or maybe, you know, they discovered that they're adopted or something. Things can happen, you know, particularly with the older generation, I know um, quite a few people were blindsided, didn't know that they were adopted and found out after their parent died. So yeah, something like that would certainly fit something coming to light. And you know, that can be quite challenging. But for unless you have planets at the very late degrees of the cardinal signs, or the very early degrees of the fixed signs, It's probably more likely to be a general new moon feel for you. If you are a Capricorn ascendant, this series of eclipses that are coming up, the Aries Libra eclipses, are going to be falling across your home, family, heritage, living situation, and work, career, public reputation sectors of your charts. Over the next couple of years, there may be, you know, the big events. Unlikely to kind of concern those sorts of topics.
0: And if you are a Sagittarius rising, this is going to be happening in your fifth house. And the fifth houses will be new beginnings with uh, creativity or or children, because children is what you create. And this access because the of the eclipse is happening in your fifth house, it's going to be t- falling between the fifth and the eleventh house of groups and hopes and dreams. So those are the houses that are going to be affected for the eclipse. But if you are a Sagittarius rising, this new moon, it's new beginnings of things that you, it's the things that you either create or art. It could also be a new hobby that you you start on. So that's also the house of hobbies. So have fun with this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fifth house is a fun house. And so is the 11th. If you're a Scorpio ascendant, this new moon solar eclipse is happening in your sixth house the 6th house is a challenging house it does deal with illness but it's also employees those that work for you it can it also be co-workers and it does include our pets so this a nice expression of this would be a new pet comes into your life maybe it just turns up on your doorstep one day and with eclipses it doesn't have to be exactly on the eclipse About a month either side of the eclipse, I would include it. But over the next 18 months, two years, the eclipses are happening over your sixth house, which is those topics I discussed, illness, service to others, pets and employees or co-workers, but also the 12th house, which is unfortunately another challenging house. It does deal with places of confinement such as prisons, hospitals, and our undoing, but it can also be places to retreat. So over the next couple of years, you may find that you need to pay a little bit more attention to your health. If you find that you're getting burnt out or run down, certainly take the time out to rest and recuperate if you can. Otherwise, it may actually kind of be, I don't want to say forced on you, but sometimes that's just how it goes. But hopefully for many people, this will be more a case of maybe dealing with those that work with you or for you so yeah this is a fun eclipse or it certainly sounds like it has the potential to be a fun eclipse oh I'm thinking because what this eclipse includes a lot of um passion (laughs) there could be um yeah maybe if there's somebody that works for you maybe yeah you need to temper that a little bit remember This moon mansion is not very good for overindulging. And um, you know, there are
0: boundaries in most workplaces. So I think what I was picking up earlier is you were alluding to uh, you know, there there's that square to Pluto. So that could be Mm. transformational. So do pay attention because things could be intense, either for bad or for good, but they will be probably intense. It just it has it's with that square to Pluto. For seeing, it seems to be jumping off the page right now for me. So (laughs) yeah, well, yeah, it's very angular there
1: in the fourth, isn't it? Yeah, and and that uh, moon's moving up into the seventh of relationships. So yeah, plus I mean the whole eclipse is to do with uh, hidden passions. So (laughs) yeah, but passion doesn't have to be purely physical either. We can be inspired or whatever. But yes,
0: this is.
1: This is an Aries eclipse.
0: It's going to be a little bit uh, spicy, I think. Definitely something to watch. And if you are a Libra rising, this is going to happen. This new moon is going to be happening in your seventh house. And this is the house of the other. And it's going to be, it's also going to be the house where the eclipse is happening. So it's going to ride across the seventh with the other and opposing yourself. So this is where you have that balance. And um you know it's new beginnings with your partner and new beginnings with people that you have one-on-one relationships. It's it's only for the it's it's only the house where it's the one-on-one relationships. It's not for like a group of people or people that you work with. It would be like maybe your boss or your coworker. It's the one-on-one relationships and it's going to be have this eclipse it's going to be happening for a couple of years over the first and seventh house access. Um, but yeah, and I'm also seeing the Saturn uh, square Venus and, and that's, <laughs> that's responsibility and obligation as well might flavor this, this whole eclipse uh, series.
1: Yeah. Like you said, that uh, Pluto square to the eclipse It's kind of like, you know, (laughs) forget yourself and (laughs) lose your head. And then, um, but then you've got the upcoming, well, is it upcoming? I think later on. Oh, actually, later on, we've got a a Venus square Neptune. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
0: Mm. all that intensity might might need that venus square neptune
1: (laughs) yeah yeah interesting and if you are a virgo ascendant this new moon solar eclipse is happening in your eighth house the eighth house has to do with other people's money or shared resources this can be income or finances of a partner whether that's uh romantic or business partner or it can be just other people other institutions money as well this can include things such as inheritances debts taxes insurances loans so yeah new beginnings it could be um things that come to light maybe a partner took out a loan that you're not aware of and now it comes to light which would be quite uh, challenging or it could be, you know, you come into some money that you weren't expected. That would be, you know, say through an inheritance or something similar, or maybe you benefit through a partner, regardless of how that came about. But in any case, it's it's not necessarily money that you've earned. It's money that's come to you through another institution or person these eclipses are going to be happening over the second and eighth houses in for you. So the eighth house where this eclipse is happening is all about other people's money or shared resources, whereas the second house is all about your individual finances, your personal income, your possessions, your personal resources. So my money versus our money, my possessions versus shared possessions
0: very interesting and if you are a Leo rising this full this new moon is going to be happening in your ninth house and this is the house of higher education it could also happen to do with uh could ha- also have to do with um publishing legal matters as well as um esoteric subjects and this is going to be happening. It's the eclipse. So it's this flavor of this new moon is going to be happening for about two years and it's going to ride over the access of the ninth house and the third house. So those are the, that those are the places where you're going to see a lot of more action than, than any other general new moon would happen. And, uh, if you are Leo rising, that's where the, that's where the newness is coming from is from the ninth house.
1: And if you are a Cancer Ascendant, this new moon solar eclipse is happening in your 10th house. The 10th house is all about our career and public reputation. It's honors and rewards, but it's also uh, fame and infamy. So for whatever reason, there's attention on you. An eclipse particularly if you do have planets at the late degrees of the cardinal signs or the very early degrees of the fixed signs there may be changes regarding work there could be a new career comes it could be a new boss because this is also the house of authorities it could be something new that you will be known for not necessarily you know on a worldwide stage or something but Perhaps you're doing something that involves being before the public a lot more. It could be a new big project at work. These eclipses are going to be happening over the 10th, which is that career and public reputation or fame and rewards. So it might not even have anything to do with career. It might be something you've done that's being recognized uh, outside of work. But over the next couple of years, it's going to be happening these eclipses will be shuttling between the 10th house career public reputation and your home family your living situation your parents so there may be kind of a little bit of a balancing act to do with these houses over the next 18 months two years
0: it seems like big for them I don't know why (laughs) (laughs) Um, and if you are a Gemini rising Um, this is going to be the new moon. is going to be happening in your 11th house and the 11th house is, is, has to do with groups, people you associate the, the, your hopes and dreams, but they're groups that you, that you work with or or deal with. So, um, you might be getting something. uh, You might be joining a new group. You might be starting a new group. Uh, but this new stuff is, is what the new moon is bringing. So, and this, this, uh, for the next couple years you'll have changes with the or more focus or energy or action around the 11th house and it'll it'll be opposing that 5th house they're both good houses they're they're one of the the nicer houses to um have things happening in so it shouldn't be that difficult but that pluto is creating some intensity so yeah I would make, I would keep that in, in mind that things are about to change in those two houses, the, the 11th and the fifth house for you. If you're a Gemini rising, something's going to change. So just be ready for it.
1: Yeah. And if you are a Taurus ascendant, this new moon solar eclipse is happening in your 12th house. The 12th house is the house of our undoing. It's also places of confinement, such as prisons, hospitals, uh, also places of solitude. This can include monasteries, a spiritual retreat. It, um, yeah, you may be looking to take a step back, recalibrating, Maybe, what do they call it when you go off the grid? <laughs> you know, no technology and all that. There could be something to do, particularly if you do have natal planets at the very late degrees of the the cardinal signs or very early degrees of the fixed signs. Maybe something comes to light uh, to do with what you would consider perhaps a self-defeating habit or an addiction. It could also be something that comes to light to do with prisons, hospitals, uh, spiritual retreats. Some people consider the 12th a very spiritual place. I'm not so sure, but you know, it's certainly a possibility. There's that going away shutting yourself away or being very far from home it's also traditionally a place of exile for most people though this will probably be more like just a new moon so new beginnings new starts to do with one of these topics it could be just literally like i've been burning the candle at both ends and now i need to take that time to you know rest and let my body repair itself because Over the next 18 months, two years, these eclipses are going to be happening over your 12th house, which are all those topics I've just described, and also the 6th house, which is to do with illness, but also those that work for us, uh, service to others, such as um, our first responders, nurses, doctors, and uh, pets. So over the next 18 months, two years, Topics to do with those things may appear. They're the ones that are likely to be the big significant events are likely to be happening over those two houses.
0: We're also new things with large animals like horses and Mm. the ones you can't carry. (laughs) Yes. And hidden enemies is also the 12th house so mm, those could come up yes. in the next two years as well so just because you know you want to kind of use all of the not I can't use all of the descriptive words that you know over the thousands of years that we've associated with these houses but you know it's you want to use as many more of them during the eclipses because this lasts for two years so you could mm. have many different um yeah. events happening yeah. it's not just a it's not just a quick you know just this week and and we're done with it it's uh it's gonna be longer than that yeah and Donna do you have a stone for this new moon I do because we have the sun moving into Taurus so I'm gonna do green
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this is called this is called actually it's called um nephrite and it's a type of jade okay Jade comes in two different um, forms. Uh, one is nephrite is calcium, magnesium silicate where, um, jadeite is, is more of a sodium aluminum silicate. And this has a Mohs hardness of a 6.5 where the other one is only a Mohs hardness of a six. I have it all in, uh, I have jade in, in, in different, shapes. I don't have any raw jade. <laughs> which I thought was strange and odd. Um but it can, but it's been used for centuries. This is this is really dark, but it's a dark green. It's like emerald green. Yeah, it's really um, yeah, pretty. It comes in comes in all oh, this is jade as well. It's been made as in as it's been it comes in white, deep green, creamy brown. But that's what this um this nephrite uh jade no that's regular jade this would be this would be more nephrite jade it's mm-hmm. it comes in a roller um yeah i've got one of it's those for, yep. rolling. it's it's really good it, it creates um regeneration of tissue that's what the nephrite does where this one is more for the heart chakra the the um the heart chakra to you know Balance the to kind of clear out the 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 bad whatever's going on in your heart. So this is this is a nice one for basically the heart chakra, um, the healing any any healing that we, you would have to do with your heart. Nice. So that's what I would use with this one, or more, more probably more 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 of this one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, and it's been used in jewelry. It's been used in, um, weapons. People have made axes, but they found axes with this stuff. So wow, it's, it, it, it seems like it's very, well, what is that word? The where we want, where you can sculpt it. It's, it's very easy to, to sculpt it, but, um, and it's, it's not as hard as like a, a quartz, like a quartz is like a seven where this is a 6.5. Although this one is, you know, is most hardness of seven, so mm. um, you really can <clears throat> sculpt it. But it, and, and, it, and it has been used. the um, The jadeite, the jadeite is is a leafy green. It can be a blue green. It can be a lavender. It can also be a black. So
1: that's I wonder if those weapons. Can be- sorry, I was just gonna say, I wonder if those weapons that they found were like purely ornamental no no oh, they, they were they were, they were
0: used as tools oh wow they were used as tools and this can be found in british columbia california wyoming alaska new zealand china russia taiwan poland and india and the jadeite jadeite is from burma guatemala guatemala russia california or japan
1: nice
0: so it's nice. a very versatile stone it's been around for a very 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 long time and it's called jade oh and i have, <laughs> do you have a, nice. i do have a lot of jade but it's not uh the raw pieces so for growth and healing
1: very nice and you'll be writing an article about that
0: i will be writing an article about it very nice. sure and, and
1: we'll, we'll put a link to a that link in to the it. description and now let's have a look ahead at the upcoming aspects between this new moon and the next full moon which will be the lunar eclipse at 14 degrees Scorpio
0: okay so the first um aspect that we have will be the sun it moves into Taurus as I was alluding to earlier with the jade and that's that's a fixed sign so it'll be nice when we have that more fixed energy
1: yeah It's a fixed sign ruled by Venus. It's a shame that Venus is currently in Gemini, so it kind of can't really assist uh, the sun there at this time. But as Donna said, it's fixed. It's a more solid, reliable, dependable energy. Yeah, ruled by Venus. So wherever Taurus is in your chart, you can expect that that will be a kind of strong focus for that month. We've also got Mercury in there for well quite a while actually because Mercury's going to retrograde so it will be in there for longer than usual and we've also got Uranus which has been in Taurus for a number of years now and will be for quite a time but yeah a strong fixed energy there I'm just looking we've also got Pluto in Aquarius and other fixed signs yeah so when the sun first moves into taurus it will be squaring pluto so that will be challenging but the sun moves quick so only a couple of days but yeah wherever taurus is in your chart you can expect the topics associated with that house are more likely to be you know demanding your attention at that time the sun shining its light on that area of your life
0: hopefully thank goodness it only lasts for just a couple of days with that pluto square <laughs> cuz <'cause>... oh yes <laughs> And speaking of the Pluto square, the sun will be squaring Pluto on the uh, 20th as well. And that's going to be intense energy. It's, it, Pluto is is the planet of transformation. It's also the planet of intensity. It's the planet of power struggles. It's the planet of transformation. So those types of topics, where that's hitting in your chart is where you will probably feel it most.
1: Pluto can, um, it's about depth and honesty and can also be obsession, can be power plays with the square to the sun, which often is associated with ourselves, our vitality, could be a little bit challenging. Maybe we're feeling a little bit weaker than usual. Uh, If this was a sextile or a trine, we may be feeling more empowered, but I kind of see this as kind of feeling like you don't have total control over your life. Thankfully, this is a really quick moving aspect because the sun moves pretty quick. Within a day or so, it'll move. And, you know, it's not going to be super horrible for everyone. But if you've got planets around about the early degrees of fixed signs, you're probably going to feel this more significantly. Uh, We've just had that new moon it's on the same day so maybe something comes to light maybe it throws you off balance a little bit uh, for whatever reason because Pluto can bring a really strong focus which sometimes manifests as obsession but sometimes it's just like we're focusing all our energy on something very specific we kind of magnify its importance so the house that has like Aries, Taurus, Taurus, you know there may be some overlap there to do with those two topics and it's coming from the house that has Aquarius so if you know your natal chart and what those houses mean that will be helpful but yeah just look I think for some the eclipse is going to maybe bring up things that weren't expected and yeah maybe you're just feeling a little bit discombobulated just a little bit. Where am I going? What am I doing? What the hell's happening?
0: I can see that. Um, w- cause if you're a fixed sign, uh, mm. the, the Taurus, the Aquarius, the, um, Scorpio or Leo, it, this is gonna, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's new energy, um, that, that you're not quite used to because Pluto has just moved into, uh, Aquarius, just recently and it's not going to be in there for very long this time Mm -hmm. um it will go back into Capricorn and um but this might give you a a little bit of of what's on the docket for the next 20 years because this is new energy and so you know get get used to it figure out what it wants and then be ready for it when it does happen yeah If you're a fixed sign, because that's what I think it's going to hit that the most. Yeah, I think so too. Well, because it's Taurus, it's I mean it it's just in Taurus, and that would be at your twelfth house if you were a fixed sign. Like I am a Taurus. Mm. Um, it's it's that that Pluto's right there in the tenth house, so it's it's that square.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Squares are challenging, particularly from the outer planets, and I mean. Pluto can really certainly pack a punch.
0: Or it'll be in opposition to another fixed sign or a
1: another square. Another... yeah. And so then
0: it'll it'll be it'll be changing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Then on the 21st, and that looks like, yes, probably everywhere, more or less, we have Mercury stationing retrograde. So Mercury is going to station on the 21st of April, and it looks like it won't station direct again until the 14th of May. And Mercury going to station at 15 degrees. So it got halfway through the sign. It's going to go all the way back to about, looks like eight degrees. And then it's got to go and catch up all that ground that it's uh, retrograded over. So yeah, Mercury is going to be in... Taurus for a long time wherever Taurus is in your chart you can expect delays setbacks misunderstandings lost items just the little inconvenient kind of pain in the bum things that yeah so wherever Taurus is if Taurus is in your seventh house you might be hearing from ex-lovers if it's in the third house it might have something to do with your siblings if it's Or it could be cars breaking down or, you know, a flat tire or if it's in the 11th house, it could have issues to do with groups or friends. You know, whatever house Taurus is in your natal chart will give you some
0: indication of what you can expect for this uh, Mercury retrograde. Yeah, it's a time to readdress, you know, relook at. So if you have to re go over, like if you're writing a book and you have to like reread it to, you know, re edit it, this would be a good time to, to, to schedule that because that's exactly what Mercury's asking you to do is to relook at things that you've done in the past, readdress them, make some changes and make necessary changes and, and go on. That's, that's what, that's the purpose of those, uh, retrograde so
1: yeah really good retrograde um episode didn't we we certainly did and I'll put a link to that I'm going to be putting links everywhere in this one Mercury retrograde a really good time to do anything with a re, reapply re-edit uh redo rethink reschedule so yeah and you know if you're signing documents or something at this time just do your best. I mean, you can't live your life not signing documents because it's a Mercury retrograde. Sometimes it's just unavoidable. But just be aware that, yeah, there may be delays. There may be snaffees. In fact, we're currently in the retrograde shadow period, which we address that in the Mercury retrograde video. But I mean, I forget what the first problem was, but Just just as we were about to record, you know, the power went out here, you know, like only for 30 seconds, but, you know, rebooted my computer. And then the computer wanted to install updates, which I had no control over. You know,
0: it's that sort of thing you can expect during Mercury retrograde. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's the whole purpose is is to is to redo things there. There's going to be things that you're going to do that will need to be redone and that's exactly what the retrograde is is meant to do is to give yeah. you time to redo it and then we
1: have mercury retrograde sextiling mars and they would have had a sextile not long ago i don't have the exact dates here but it would be not long before do you have the dates there donna i'm tri- uh it
0: was the 8th of of uh april Ah, interesting. Mercury sextiled uh, Mars. So around about the 8th of April,
1: might have been like the 9th if you're in Australia or somewhere that's further ahead in time zones. But the 8th or 9th of April, we had Mars and Mercury sextiling, which is great, you know, thought and action and kind of like they're working together and it's quick thinking and it's really good but Mercury was in Taurus, which isn't a super, they don't like be, to be rushed, you know, and they're not known for the quick thought. They they take their time there and I make agree. sure everything's done correctly, which is great. But maybe because we would have been in the shadow period of uh, this Mercury retrograde at the time, maybe with this around about the 23rd of April, when we come back, Mercury's come back to say, oh, by the way, we forgot to do this we need to do that we didn't take this into consideration so there may be some sort of callback to around about the 8th 7th 8th 9th of april which would have been just before easter wouldn't it interesting
0: it would have been yeah like oh we we missed your your initials on page 64 down at the bottom
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and it could be as
0: simple as that yeah yeah and and that retrograde is going to be over um, the middle of May. So, yeah, yeah, we can take a breath then. Yeah, and then so the next aspect is going to be on the twenty fifth. Is the Sun sextile Saturn, and that I think is going to cause restraint. It's gonna it's gonna or or ask you to relook at. What rules do we need to ha- to have in place?
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Saturn, but I don't mind the sextiles and the trines. You know, they could be helpful. This brings stability. This brings responsibilities, but we're not feeling too bad about it. You know, this particularly since it is a sextile to the sun. I think of the sun as vitality. Yeah, and it's also intelligence and that. This is just. This can be helpful. This is. It's not glamorous. It's not sexy. It's not exciting, but it's it's necessary.
0: Dot your I's, cross your T's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. make sure you're high, make sure you're, you're the light's shining on on the details. Good time for, you know, just getting work done,
1: putting your nose to the grindstone. Mind you, that's Saturn's in Pisces. Now.
0: Not, not, not the not the happy-go-lucky um, you know kind of mercury and venus but it it is a uh, it it is that somber uh duty driven type of energy yeah i'm just looking
1: uh, the sun will have uh the north node with it at the time so this could be i kind of like this for health you know increase elevate vitality you know, but that's there by is. eating the right things, <laughs> taking your walks, doing this, doing that, all the boring things. Can you tell them a Venus and Taurus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but
0: it is, it is, it is still that 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 structure that we all need.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we do need structure. And
0: that very well might right, might might supply that structure mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. that's needed. And, you know, earlier we had that, uh, I think, Sun square Pluto, where we might have felt a little bit out of control. This is a lot more we don't feel as out of control. I think we feel like we're actually getting stuff done. We're taking care of ourselves. We're doing what's necessary.
0: Very nice. And then the next aspect we are going to run into will happen on April 29th. And that's going to be Mars. Sextiling Uranus, Mars is a malefic, and Uranus, the out as an outer planet, is also considered a malefic. Uranus is that planet that wants you to either break free or try a new approach, or you know, do something that's that's not the ordinary way to do things. Uranus uh, orbits on its side. And my mom and I were just talking about this. It orbits mm. on its side and as, as as it goes around. So. It, it likes to do things differently, and Mars is that planet of aggression and and force or and or drive. So to add this together, those two things—force, drive, and and shocking—you could you could go that it's it could be like an abrupt war that nobody had thought of, but it also could be the drive for uh, for change as well. So it all depends. We do have free choice and free will so i would i would hope that people would go towards the um what's going to better humanity than cause it to just decline
1: yeah yeah uranus is known for sudden surprising shocking and mars is very much a very wants to move forward it wants to take action it wants to just move so you may need to watch even though this is a sextile it is from an outer so it can just allow that Uranus to not manipulate but certainly exert its um influence on that Mars a lot easier so you may want to watch for haste or um moving too quickly jumping to conclusions particularly that retrograde mercury it's not super close it's six degrees away from that uranus but you know just with uranus in the same sign with mercury retrograde easy to jump to conclusions and yeah but yeah sudden you know there's a real urge I think to take action with this it's like I've got to do this now you know I want to do this now and as Donna said Uranus can uh, bring freedom or want freedom or revolution so there may be a desire to break free from something at this time yeah just I would just try to err on the um, side of a little bit of caution you know try and look before you leap because Mars is in Cancer It's in fall. It's not in a very strong position here. Like I said, Uranus has got Mercury hanging around, acting a little bit uh, confused, miscommunications, snafus, misunderstandings, delays. It's very easy to try and rush to make up for what we perceive as lost time, but it may actually end up uh, rebounding on you.
0: Hopefully we can use that that positive so that it, it it is not as difficult have a transit speaking of retrograde Pluto does not want to be left out of the the the, the gang here and so Pluto is planning on retrograding on May 1st so it, it this is what I was talking about earlier is it's dipping its toe into Aquarius to let us know what its you know, capabilities are or what it's going to try to do um, over the next 20 years, then it's going to go back into Capricorn. So this is the beginning of that transition of, you know, here's the news and now we're going to, you know, get comfortable with that or figure out what you need to do or what's going to be changing. And then, and then it's going to be going in back into, uh, Capricorn. So Pluto is turning retrograde. I'm not so sure if, uh, the redoing is really what it's trying to get us to accomplish
1: if if you have planets <laughs> at the very late degrees of um capricorn cancer aries which is ironic because these are all placements that have just been kind of had that shocking or sudden kind of maybe flipping of uh the table with the solar eclipse. Now Pluto is going to retrograde back into Capricorn. So anybody with planets, late degrees of the cardinal signs, so Aries, Libra, Cancer, Capricorn, it's all happening. Pluto will actually move back into Capricorn, looks like the 11th of June, and it will not come back into Aquarius until January 20th next year. So we're going to have another good six months of Pluto in Capricorn. And uh, I think it gets as far back as about 28, maybe 27 degrees
0: of Capricorn. So. Ooh. Into Capricorn. Yeah. Yeah. As far as Pluto can move.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It moves so slowly. It is a generational planet, but if you have planets at those very Uh, late degrees of the cardinal signs you'll probably feel this much more than um, most people
0: right and it's readdressing things so whatever might have happened what from 2012 2008 when did Pluto go into Capricorn
1: January 2008 I think it first went into Capricorn so yeah so
0: you might be addressing some of those issues that you were dealing with from 2008 till the present because yeah. Pluto's going into Capricorn or Pluto's retrograding. So it's it's asking you to readdress some of those issues or events that have happened way back then. So if you did not take care of them, whatever they were, I have no idea. Because it's because Pluto moves so slow. You you really you're like, was that a Pluto thing or was that, you know, a Mars thing? You know? So yeah whatever pluto is asking you to readdress whatever so whatever changes that you haven't yet done that may have started back in 2008 might you go that's what that was now i know what what pluto was trying to get me to do
1: yeah and when pluto or this applies for you know uranus and neptune too because they move so slowly sometimes and if we allow say a one maybe up to a three degree orb for them kind of hovering over uh, a natal planet you know it, it it can go over it like five times so sometimes they say it takes until the fifth time to you really can kind of look back and say oh that's what that was all about but if you've got planets at those late degrees um yeah particularly the late degrees As Donna said, this has been in Capricorn since 2008. So there'll be a general kind of wrapping up of those topics associated with that house for a lot of people. But if you have planets at the very late degrees of those cardinal signs, it's kind of just finishing it off. And this may be the fourth or maybe even fifth pass over it for some people. Well, probably the fourth, because um, it's got to come back when In January. So you know, late December, early January. You know, it's moving. It's moving very slowly. You're just going to have to wait it out.
0: It'll get there. It's nice to it's nice to get a feel of what is going to be going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next aspect will be the Sun conjunct Mercury. Mm-hmm. This is the inferior uh, conjunction. It's Mercury is is already in a retrograde and it's going to go back over the sun. And that's going to be this time. It's still in the heart of the sun. I, I think you can still get good information at this time. Um, But when it goes, when it goes more direct back over the sun, I, I think that's when we're going to get the, the real big epiphany that, mercury is trying to tell you but this is the beginning of it and it's gonna it might be able to give you the energy of what needs to be changed what needs to be readdressed as far as the mercurial things that are going on and wherever mercury is in your chart or or where taurus is
1: yeah um it's a kazemi when the sun is conjunct a planet so yeah this is a kind of a respite for the planet when it's so close to the sun it can't be seen it's under the beams or combust if it gets too close like within eight degrees mercury is halfway through its retrograde cycle here you know maybe you've got some significant insight at this time but you may not be able to actually put it into action until after the retrograde finishes but yeah um matters to do with the house that taurus is in your chart, maybe. Maybe have some great ideas or aha moments regarding those topics at this time.
0: It'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and so, the next aspect that we are going to face will be Venus square Neptune. That's going to happen on May fourth. And when Venus squares Neptune, I think of it as nice, dreamy, chatty time with uh, with friends. It could also be heightened intuition. It could be, you know, I just like it because it's got that daydreamy uh, type of energy.
1: Yeah. I think this is with the square. I think it's not necessarily disillusionment with love, but maybe, uh, maybe you've met somebody and it's all exciting and romantic and it's like, Oh my God, I've never met anybody like this before. And this is a time when you kind of realize that yeah they're just human and you know they've got things that annoy you. Uh, I think this can be yeah this can be maybe we're fooling ourselves because Neptune can be romantic and glamorous and idealistic and all those things which are all very lovely but it can also be deceptive or hard to see you know. So this could be something that you've built up all in your own head or it could be that somebody has actually been trying to actively deceive you but hopefully not but I think this is just a bit of like you know you've had the whirlwind romance and now it's like oh yeah I'm going to take these rose glasses off rose colored glasses and it's like oh yeah
0: you know this is with that moon mansion you know to not overindulge and that's going to mm-hmm. carry through for this whole fortnight whatever the moon mansion you know does it's the, the lunation preceding a whole bunch of aspects is 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 really it speaks of the flavor of what's going to ha- how they all are going to going to happen so make sure on the 5th which is very close to the 5th um of may which is cinco de mayo here right. um don't overindulge be careful to you know watch the watch the boundaries watch where the communication where 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 the social are where the social actions are you might not really understand where the boundaries are as yeah. far as any of that stuff is concerned
1: yeah Mercury's still retrograde so it's really easy to get the wrong end of the stick thank you you know think this is happening and that's not happening or very easy for things to get misconstrued here and even the eclipse I mean Donna mentioned the moon mansion which uh, like she said no overindulgence try it try to keep a you know somewhat level head but even the eclipse for this series is um, kind of passionate and exciting, and yeah it's very easy to get carried away this may be just it's not like you know oh my god it was all a lie necessarily but it might be just like oh okay you know now what i thought yeah it's time for reality now perhaps it's interesting too because that uh, new moon solar eclipse had jupiter not super close but close to the new moon but Jupiter kind of hasn't been involved in any real aspects for the next uh no, it... which is quite interesting considering the whole moon mansion is like, you know, don't don't overindulge and yeah. Hmm. Don't be extra. <laughs>
0: probably a good thing.
1: It probably <laughs> is staying a good out thing. of it. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, huh? Must come up in the next one because that Venus is just about to sextile that Jupiter, but it must be for the next podcast with the lunar eclipse. So that will be interesting. And speaking of which, I have a sneak peek at the lunar eclipse. I'm not sure if this is the total. This will
0: be another eclipse.
1: Yeah. Not the
0: solar one, but the lunar one.
1: Mm, 10 degrees away from the nodes. I don't believe this is a total one. Yes, it's not a total eclipse, so we won't get the blood red moon, which is a shame. But uh, yeah, it's too far away from the nodes for it to be a total eclipse. And we did a, a podcast on lunar eclipses, which we'll link to here. Uranus very close to that uh, sun. So Uranus opposing the lunar eclipse. That will be interesting.
0: Could be shocking. <laughs> Could be shocking. it's not super close or have some degrees. independence to it yeah
1: in scorpio oh ah, so it will have mars trining it by sign oh. the benefics can't uh, assist it which is a shame and this will be the last of the scorpio eclipses and then we finish off the series in october with uh, another lunar eclipse in taurus Yes,
0: mm-hmm. you'll list this episode as either new moon in in Aries, or thank goodness I'm I'm a mutable sign <laughs> <laughs> because it's all the cardinal and the fixed signs that are are getting all this energy. If you're mutable, yeah. you are you're golden. I think this this month not not a lot of changes. There well, might be yeah. a few, but no, they're not like you know. Yeah, but then our, our Pisces
1: brethren are kind of coping with Saturn, newly in pisces Matter. so there
0: is that <laughs> nobody escapes all of the planets but you know it, it the heat isn't turned up under the mutable signs no no yeah it's um, not like the cardinal fixed. yeah yeah
1: mm. well donna what have you been doing and what services do you offer and where can people find you
0: I am doing, uh, natal readings. I am doing electional and horary as well. And I do do energy work. So with, uh, crystal. So if you, um, feel that you need your chakras balanced more, if you are feeling a little bit off, um, getting your chakras back in balance, um, can be helpful for healing is for sure nice in my opinion
1: yeah and you're
0: at and, Donna and linda, B. what are you doing oh yeah and my yeah my website is at uh and you can get a hold of me through that um or my my gmail account at data bar consulting and linda what are you doing and where can people get a hold of you
1: uh i am doing
0: natal readings
1: relationship readings and year ahead readings and i'm at scullywag astrology that's astrology.scullywag.com there'll be a link there below as well same with donna's website and yeah thank you for listening i hope the lunar not the lunar the solar eclipse is uh, very nice to you all it's not too shocking hope the uh, only brings exciting fun and um yeah maybe even passionate uh, new beginnings for you Sounds like
0: a plan. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> and be ready to move.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thank you for listening. And uh, we appreciate your likes and your shares and your comments. So, yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye.